I really love music, bro. Like so you, you, so would you go broke? I've been doing this out? for eight years and I ain't got nothing, Jamal. I made like five hundred dollars in eight years from this. How much do you think you spent? Over a hundred thousand. I lost a hundred thousand in five months. So ju that's just I was, in I one know, year. When you were playing that record, what were you thinking? Welcome, my kings and queens. This is Jamar Denzel here with LGR, the Let's Get Real podcast. If you don't know who I am, I'm a photographer, filmmaker, creative, entrepreneur from Washington, D.C., and I wanted to create a platform where I can share stories, um, positive and trauma-related stories, um, so my audience can grow and we can learn together and we can share stories with each other. So I thought it would be perfect to have my good friend, Snady Baby, the CEO of RDG, Video Game Music Group, as one of the very first people on the show. He was one of the very first per persons that I started shooting with when I started my career as a music video director here in Washington, D.C. He's from Searching Quarters. He's been doing rap. Um, we both started around the same time, about seven years ago. Um, we've done many shows together. We've done a lot of music videos. We've done work with Toy Lanes, Key Glock. Um, a lot of people, we done did a lot, and we got a lot more to go. So we're going to talk a little bit about this story today. So welcome to the show, and I think it's time. It's time for us to get real. All right, my guy. We're having a good show today. Nervous. Yes, sir. Okay, so today, everybody, we got the man of many names, Snady Baby on the mic today on Let's Get Real. How you doing, my man? I'm doing good. Hold on, let me put my glasses on so I look like I know what I'm talking about. Got your studios. Yeah. I like the new frames. Yeah, yeah, you know, I got it. You like the new frames. Up, you know got my man looking sweet out I'm here trying, today. I'm trying, you know, switch up my swag. You see, I got a trench coat on today, you know what I'm saying? Trying to do something, dude. You know yeah, saying? he was ready for his photo shoot today. Yeah, I was ready. I was ready. You said photo shoot. I'm going to pop out. Let's go. Let's get it. So, all right, we're going to start off. Like, I want to start off every single podcast with an icebreaker, you know? Okay. We're just going to get everybody, just a quick little question, mm -hmm. so everybody gets to know who you are just a little bit. Okay. So the first question is, mm -hmm. you are a musician. Yes, sir. So, of course, the first question is going to be about music. Okay. So who will be your favorite musician mm -hmm. to go on tour with and why? Easy. Missy Elliott. Missy Elliott. Missy Elliott. Hmm. Let's go. Now, the question, real question is... Uh -huh. Are are you headliner or is she or she headliner? I mean, we could work something out. <laughs> work something out. We could work something out, but no, nah, I'm a letter rock. I'm a you gonna let her rock I'm the first time? Rock. Yeah, but we gotta do we but gotta do something. Yeah, I gotta switch it back up. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. Right, why Missy though? Huh? Why Missy? I love Missy, man. I came up in that era, you know what I'm saying? So Missy was one of my favorites. You know, her beat selection, everything, her style, like that's like when I do videos and stuff, I want to do the same thing. Like you see how wild, so her even crazy, creatively, creatively, you know what I'm saying? Even like Ludacris, you know what I'm saying? I put him on there too. I came up in that. You could era. be on the tour, yeah, that's early two thousand. Actually, right? I might be. Actually, might be really good. Missy, Ludacris, yeah, what, what, what's one more? Um, uh, I throw in. Uh, D4L and them, you know what I'm saying? I came up in there because I want everybody to party. That's the type of music I like, party music, you know what I'm saying? So, so where, 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 where would the tour be at? Let's, let's say an American tour. Uh, of course, mean, we like, got like five states. The, we, we could go, to, of course, we're going to hit our city, you know what right, I'm saying? We got well, the DMV. My city, Washington, D.C. What venue? Venue? In the DMV. Man, we outside with it. Uh, RFK the, parking G, lot. G, G, RFK? RFK? RFK parking lot. Yeah, like some Broccoli City Festivals type stuff. I, I kind of like that. Yeah, like that. Okay. yeah, yeah. Definitely. All right. Well, whatever. Give me two more. Just three. Give me two Atlanta. more. Atlanta. You know, they going to have to okay, go crazy yeah. with they that. They going to go crazy. Yeah, right. of course. 
You know what I'm saying? Then we got hit one of the Carolinas. I'm thinking yeah, South so Carolina. We got an East Coast tour. South Carolina lit, yes. So South Carolina, okay. They're going to appreciate that, you know what I'm saying? Because that's that, you know what I'm saying? I'm used to that walk it out, you know what I'm saying? All that type stuff, you know what I'm saying? I came from that early uh, early 2000s, you know what I'm saying? So Missy, Luda, Snady B, let's go. Okay, I like that. So. You know what I'm saying? D4L, the whole crew. Even uh, uh, Jermaine Dupree and all them people, them so franchise what, boys. So what songs that's on your catalog do you think like would best go with their, with their songs, like with Mixed Vibe and with that type of tour? To be honest, like my uh, my music is a little bit more modern. It's like two different eras type thing. You know what I'm saying? But the energy, that's the thing. It's about the energy. I wouldn't even say it's about like the type of sound, but like the energy it brings. Even the music I do is party music. You know what I'm saying? So... Definitely, it will match in perfectly. It may not sound exactly the same as the early 2000s music, but it will match in just based off the energy. My music gonna get up on your feet, make you get up on your feet and party. You know what I'm saying? I ain't really no sad type of rapper or anything. I might pop out every time. I be sad sometimes. You know, we all go through it, but yeah, the okay. energy is there. Well, it's awesome that, that you, you use those words because that's my next question. Mm -hmm. So when you do get sad or you get stressed out, mm -hmm. like I want this part, we're going to get real and deep on this podcast. Oh, man, don't make me cry. So man. we're not going to get, no, we're not getting too deep. So the, my next question is, mm -hmm. what do you do as a man for stress relief? For like, what, what, like what type of avenues do you take to relieve your stress? Well, uh, let's see. I got a plethora of things, you know what I'm saying? So I do one of the main things, of course, I write music. That's a stress reliever. Sometimes I don't even write music. I just write down my thoughts. Anything that comes to my mind, I just write it down. That's just something I could just do right there in the moment. But as far as like reach, like going out, I like to go to the gun range sometimes. Uh, might go, you know, to a little get a massage or something like that. You know, something just to get my mind off things. Talk, talk about the gun range for a second. You as a black man, what's what's your experience going? To? I've never been to a gun range. Mm -hmm. So what's your experience? Going to a gun range, you promote going? I mean, yes, I do promote going to the gun range because it's like it's a uh, the uh, the gun is a tool, and with like any tool, you can't just pick it up and just think you're just gonna be able to just use it. Mm -hmm. You gotta learn how to use that tool, and that's the perfect place to learn it. I don't want to have nothing in my hand on that I don't know how to use properly. So that's why I encourage all black men. To go to the gun range. It's a lot of, I mean, you know, it's a lot of crazy things going on out here. And I'm not, I don't promote gun violence or anything like that, but at least if you're gonna use it, know what you're doing with it. Yeah, you think if a lot more people went to the gun range, we'll have a lot less straight kills. I, I'm from the hood. I'm gonna tell you right now. A lot of people can't aim. I'm gonna tell you right now, they don't go, none of them go to the gun they range. They don't know how to aim. They legit like just pulling up. And just shooting everywhere. Not even training with it. Nothing. They just get a gun and they learn how to load it, cock it, maybe maybe clean it if that. If, but if it. If Actually, that, I didn't ever think about like 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 I'm gonna say like niggas like cleaning their guns. You get what I'm saying? I never. I, I'm they not just say it. I can't even that. picture it. And they be wondering about how many situations where you see people gun jams yeah, and stuff I like can't that. Even picture like it. you with guns don't jam because like I've never had an experience unless it was a brand new gun. You got break in brand new guns, but unless it was something else, like I never had experience with no gun jam. Like especially at the gun range, much no. Like I said, they go to the gun range, learn your weapon, learn how to use it. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people would be saved if we had more people going to the gun range and learning how to use it. So right. can't stop violence. I mean, it's been going on since the beginning of history. We just we just got to be 
you know, well managed with it. You know, if we if that's that's part of our nature, at least be well managed with it instead of just all erratic and all over the place. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so it's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world right now. You know, DC like murders already. It's only the first month, but. We, I don't want to really dwell on that, but let's talk about what's going on with Stainy Baby right now. Yes, sir. Musically, work-wise, like, like what's your life like at, in the moment? Well, right now, I'm kind of like in the rebuilding stage, you know what I'm saying? Um, trying to get my budget back to where I needed to be, and then I need to focus on the right thing this time. You know, I kind of go on runs with this. I need to stay more consistent, you know. Um, I need to work on my marketing. I've been really focused on like making big moves and uh, the music, you know, that's the things I've been focusing on all these years. I've been doing it. Because I've been doing it for over eight years, going on t like close to nine, 10 years now. And I've been focusing on the wrong thing. So now Elaborate. this time I'm refocusing. The first few years I was focusing on just basically just making big moves. Like I want to open up for the biggest artists and stuff like that, but I ain't going with no merchandise or nothing. I'm just performing, just opening up for people and just thinking these people going to remember me just because my music good. But I ain't giving nobody nothing. I'm just f performing and leaving. But now I'm just going to capitalize on that. Now when so I So you never perform, like um like hang out and talk with people in the in the crowd afterwards? I don't, that's what I'm I don't connect I never really connected with people. I'm just thinking like, "All right, your music good, it's going to speak for itself." But talent don't get you nowhere. You know what's crazy? Like I've been telling just you Tyler. I've been telling you this this like at the beginning of the year, I've been like we both kind of on the same tip, we're going in different directions trying to figure out becoming men basically trying to figure out our life out. I felt that way sometimes I'm doing photography mm -hmm. when I'm at events. I do all these events mm -hmm. and sometimes I I'm a host. Right. When I go to events, everybody know who I am as a photographer. But then it's like, sometimes like afterwards, especially if it's a new company or a new group of people I've never been around, mm -hmm. like I always tell people, stick around. Yeah. Network. That's what it basically is. Yeah. You need to network with the people afterwards, after you finish the event, because they get to remember who you are. Like yeah. I even like the same thing Make as connections. a photographer. Yeah. So I think, yeah, so you might need to just hang out with the, the crowd afterwards. Ask them. Yeah. How they feel about your performance and maybe get their piece. And that's how you build because it's, it's all about your community. I mean, like I say, I, I, now don't get me wrong. Some people like after I perform and stuff like that, most of the time people come up to me mm -hmm. and say, hey, I really liked your performance and give me, you know, my kudos and stuff like that and say, but I don't capitalize off that. I never really have nothing to give them. The only thing I can say is follow me on Instagram. But that's just it. You know, people want more than that. If I would have gave them a hoodie, oh, you like my music? And then when they go to your Instagram, what does that keep them on your Instagram? Like, of course, I promote my stuff on Instagram. You know, I, well, I have stuff on my page, but I, even then I don't promote that properly. You know, like all my content, I'm not consistently dropping content. So that's another thing I'm focusing on, content, marketing, networking. Like, that's the three biggest things. And I'm learning, like, time is not going to get you nowhere. But if you do those three things... And especially in today's age, it's going to get you far. So at the end of the day, that's why I'm switching my motive and just focusing solely on that. All that other stuff going to be there. The big shows, the big moves and stuff like that. I got to be prepared for that. And when, next time when I do those, do those things, I'm still going to do those things. But next time when I do, I'm going to have something to hold these people there. You know, not just perform and just walk away. I'm going to have content for them. When they do go to my page, I'm going to persistently drop, have hoodies, anything I could give to them. Something, cause just performing and walking away ain't gonna get you nowhere. I've been doing it for years, you know. Okay, yeah. So, so for years, we've been doing this for years. We yes, we've been doing this for years. Years. I've been with you from the ground up. Ground up. First video. From the very first video. Very first video. And it's just kind of crazy. Like I'm gonna tell y'all, man. This man 
we went from just shooting skits in the hood, running around searching quarters in Washington, D.C. Facts. To traveling. We done went to North Carolina. You did a show with Young uh, with Young Blackster. Uh, Is it Young, yeah, young Blackster. Like, I ain't him. He Black been out, Youngster. Black Youngster. That's, he been out <laughs> the game for so long. That's even my, my guy. Yeah, Black yeah. Black Youngster. Facts, <laughs> facts. You we went to, we moved to New York one time. Yeah, we went to New York. And then yeah. my man, he done did shows with Tory Lanez. Done did show with, with Klee Glock. Key Glock, yeah. Every, like, I've been hustling, man. So, we've been hustling. So, tell me about... That very first moment, because I remember it. I remember you came down when I used to work for DC Parks and Recreation. Mm -hmm. You came down to the lobby, uh, where, where my fat ass was just sitting at the lobby. You were just I was chilling sitting, right at the front. I was just chilling at the lobby, not doing uh -huh. a lot of damn things. <laughs> and I had just bought my camera, and I think I was shooting for uh, for Deep Perfect and Sean and them. Yeah, now nah, you and, shot uh, something for my uh, my young bulls. Uh, you know the the uh, old RDG. Oh yeah, the, yeah, the young RD. Oh, I did shoot. Yeah. I shot the little basketball. Yeah, with and then once I seen yeah. them Jones, they was like, "Yeah, get with Jamal," because I ain't had no videos. Like, they were shooting videos before me. Yeah, and the crazy thing about it is, I was rapping before them. Mm-hmm. You know, so they knew me at director, and I was doing it for free. Yeah, at that I won pretty, and even then, I had to. I wanted when I first started rapping. I I'm really worried about video. I was just dropping music, you know. But like I said, I met you at the rack. My boys told me, "Yeah, get with him, man. Like he doing his thing." So, and it's been love very since my G. Man, we done ran it up. You know what I'm saying? We done did a lot of things. So, my main question is: So, like, we, we started off at the rec center. So, from that day, how how was the hustle? Like, just going through the music from the really dope. Well, the hustle was, it was long, it was long nights, and, and just, like, I wouldn't even say consistently, because I did take breaks, and that's okay, you know, to refocus and things like that, but the hustle, but I stayed, still stayed consistent throughout the years, you know, just kept persistent, still coming back at it, you know, still, like, shopping in my sword every time I get, you know, but what I can say is the hustle has just been, like, I don't know. All I can say is consistent, man, and just persistent, just believing in myself, just hoping for the best. And like I said, nobody got no book on how to do it because you could try one thing their way, but it may not work for you. You know, so you just got to stay persistent and try this and try that. You're going to fail. If you don't fail, you you then that's part of the game. Failing is part of the game. And I've been failing a lot, but I learned a lot. So... It's all good. So some good. so so what's some lessons that you learned from from running your because music is a business. So you've been running this business by it's no label. Yeah, you no are label. you are the label. I am the label. I do everything like down to the helping, like I said, just think about ideas for video shoots. You know what I'm saying? Like just everything down to I take care of it all, man. Like, and what I'm made you well, so what made you start rapping in the first place? I just love music, and to be honest, like I won't even think about rapping. I just I'm a, I'm a musician. I play drums. That's mainly my main instrument. So I just always was in music, and I love music. But I started rapping with my cousin, with my big cousin out uh, in Clinton. He just had like a little mic and a little uh, computer. So he was like, "Man, yeah, bro, let's just get in the studio." He had a little thing called "What to Do." He wanted to do "What to Do Entertainment," and we was making tracks in the uh, bathroom, in the closet, anywhere we could hook up the mic and just get like a good, you know, sound. And that's why I started rapping, and I, it kind of became therapeutic in a sense, mm -hmm. you know. And from then there on, I just kind of like saw a vision, like a way I could take it, and. 
I kind of like branched off from him and I was just started doing my own thing because nobody around me was really doing it during that time. Like it, I wasn't, especially the people that was close to me. I don't know nobody like close to me that was rapping during the time that I started rapping. So I was just like, I saw the vision and where it could take us and Shy made it, you know, it's not even because Shy made it in Fat Trail and Light Show and all these other people made it before me, like just for me to pursue it. It was just one of them things where I was like, okay, bet. I see how they did it. Now, I think I could do it, but just in a little different way. I wanted to come in on some Master P, P Diddy, you know, type stuff. You know, I'm a CEO at heart. You know, I do do music. I love doing it, but I'm a businessman at heart. That's the main thing I am. I'm a businessman. I know how to make and leverage money. So that's my. That's how I wanted to come in. I feel as though they came in as rappers. I want to come in as a CEO. That's why I... I started with me, then got people like Fats, uh, all the young guys I had before, you know, Peso and all of them. And then they branched off, they started doing their own thing. And then after that, I picked up, you know, Dickie, Jaws, Chaco, you know, I always wanted to, you know, put people on. I had the mindset to do it. So I just wanted to come in the game different, you know. So that's basically it, yeah. So you said you was, you was flipping everything over this year. So... So what's different from RDG, really dope gang, from last year that's going to be different this year? This year, like I spoke on earlier, I'm going to capitalize on every move I make. So I don't, if, I ain't, if I can't make the move right, I'm not going to make it at all. So I've been feeling as though I've been doing a lot of things that I ain't going to say unnecessary because I needed it. If I didn't do it, I wouldn't know what I needed to do. But now it's time to capitalize on it. Like I said, when I go to these shows, I'm passing out. When you when you marketing and stuff like that, you first starting out small businesses, I'm just letting you know right now, you're going to have to pass out a lot of free stuff. So, And that's how you get people to gravitate towards your brand. That's just how business go. And you're going to learn that when you do business. That's part of marketing. That That's hence to why people send out stuff to influencers and things like that just to push their brand. So now, I'm a, I, like I said, I was going to shows and I'm around all these famous people and I don't have nothing to give them. I don't have nothing. We just shaking hands, doing business, just stepping away. Nah, I want to get T-shirts. I want to be able to pay for a feature afterwards. After, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, have something to like link a relationship. Like, just keep sending them stuff like, no, can I send you merchandise? You know, anything. Capitalize off your moves instead of just being there. Make an actual connection, shaking hands and, and look like talking to people. Not just, oh, thank you. Get your Instagram or just step away. No, what do you do? How do you do it? And how did you get where you at? Like, conversations like that. So that's basically I'm going to do. Capitalize on every move. So let's talk about the culture Mm -hmm. Here in the DMV, music-wise, mm -hmm. and from your perspective, mm. like you know, we got hip hop, we got go go. Yes, sir. Like, how how's the music here for you? Like, like through your through your lens, the experience. I feel as though go go has always been what it is. That's my because that's my favorite genre of music. Like at heart, go go is gonna always be. That, that's my thing. And I feel as though the go-go scene has kind of like been what it is, but the reason why it ain't big as it used to be because the younger generation really didn't pick up the go-go thing yeah, like that. It, yeah. They did like the younger generations, people from the uh, like younger, younger. I would say like 2012. Yeah, 
Yeah. I, yeah, 2000, I think 09 was the best year for Go-Go. Yeah, definitely. definitely, I, at least, definitely. I, especially for our generation. Not like not like the, the older the, the house music. Yeah, but, but with our generation, I think 09, between 08 to 010 was the best generation for Go-Go. Yeah, I mean, well, the Nami, I don't know, because like even before then, Go-Go was like doing No, this. no, no I'm, not, I'm talking about our, our generation. Well, yeah, our generation. Our okay, generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not like our parents. Not yeah, like our yeah, parents, yeah, yeah, of yeah, course, yeah. like Chuck, Chuck Brown, like back back in the day, like that that was their time. From, but I'm talking about for our period, I, like for us yeah. Yeah, up, I say age. from I would stretch it back from like 08 to like 2012. Yeah, that's, yeah, that time. Yeah, period, like yeah. that time period. That and that was my whole high school year. Gogo was. Yeah, I, was like, I graduated 09. Yeah, Gogo was the biggest thing like in the city. Like nobody was rapping for real. Like Wale was rapping. I tell people this all this. I I was like, this is how much I was so headstrong with Gogo because I think I got in high school what 2004. What I told you this before? I know. I already know what you about to say. You about to say basically you would hear the Go Go version of songs before you hear the regular version. Of right, songs. I hear the regular version of songs. I, same and thing. It with was me. like I did not listen to hip hop at all. At all. I never. I had to like culture myself just to listen to hip hop. I swear. Like I had to force myself. And you know the first the first artist I really banged with as a hip hop artist. This mm-hmm. this like I know the exact date I started listening to hip hop music mm-hmm. is when Best I Ever Had came out by Drake. 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 Nah, see, I was Drake was the first hip hop artist I officially started listening to. I when I was know. like, when it clicked into my head, I was like, I'm too DC, and I was, <laughs> I was like, I need to listen to some regular music, and yeah. I started listening. Drake, that whole album mm, was it like kind of for me. It was kind of backwards because I moved out of the city like from when I was a kid. I would say from 2001 to 2004. I lived in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Like I was born in DC, of course, and I moved out in 2001, came back in 2004. Now, when you move out of the city, of course, I was in Pennsylvania. They ain't know nothing about no go go. They got their own stuff. So I'm up there listening to stuff like somebody once <laughs> told me the, you know, no, I, know I was they got all some like, old, they got some that's what we were singing. There, like, but no, but that was the hit back then. I'm just saying, that it was, was the, that was the hit. The Shrek Joe, oh, we were singing that every morning. It was in another movie, too. Yeah. I think it was uh, like New Guy or something. It was in another and movie. And that dude, Aaron Carter, they were yeah, singing that. Yeah, exactly. they was, that was their stuff stuff back then mm-hmm. but then I moved back to the city and that was kind of like just still on my but then I started listening to hip hop that's when I got into Missy and all of okay. them and Luda and all of them but then like I, but but then once you get into the city and you get around your friends and stuff like that I got back in the city in 2004 I swear to yep. god by 2006 Oh, I'm a go-go head. I don't know nothing about no hip hop barely no more once I got back to the city You know I supposed to be in a go-go band you like, supposed to be? I was supposed to have been like, tw- I got asked to be in a go-go band. You know, I sang a little bit. I ain't say I was supposed so just a little to be. bit. I was, so I got asked twice. Hey, they call let, you Beat I Your let, Feet King. So they I'm call me saying. Beat, yeah. I, yeah. Hey, but I, I, let fear you... hold me, I let fear hold me back. So let me ask you that. Let me ask you that. Was that a self-proclaimed name or people actually called you that? Everything is self-proclaimed. <laughs> it's self-proclaimed. I, I, I can admit it. It's so, look, I got it on Twitter. Hey, I got yeah, it on my yeah, email address. Hey. I got yeah. it on my PlayStation Network. Hey. But uh, but you know, like so Beach Your Feet is B, is uh is YA. Mm. I put Y O the Cause I couldn't get the YA because because they they got the emails already set up. So I do YO. Oh, so you the do a. the YO. They beat got feet. Yeah, they got yeah. They use A. So you beat your feet. Beat your yeah. Okay, yo. they beat your. You beat your. Yeah, that's the difference. I like that for you. But it was, it was uh so so proclaimed. I don't. know. I just thought 
I just started dancing. I just I just always loved dancing. My brothers always cracking me up. Cause you know, like when, when you when you do it and you do that little and you do the circle move. Yeah. And they was like, your fat ass, they used to call it call it a duck when I used to do it. Oh no. Nah. <laughs> hey, um, go ahead. And everybody that's watching this that's from high school, mm-hmm. me and a and a young Ricardo, we used to have dance battles after lunch every day. Oh, and uh, at friendship, oh, yeah. and friendship in the hallway, yeah. we have we have just two fat, two fat youngers. Are you with the friendship? I went to friendship. Yeah, friendship collegiate. collegiate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was Minnesota. To, I went to Blow Pierce. I like, was yeah. If I was still on Southside, I probably would have went to Blow Pierce. I went to Blow Pierce, but I ain't go to collegiate. I was supposed to, but I ain't. Go. Yeah, I know. I went. I went to the, me and my cousins. We uh, all of us went to collegiate, but I used we used to do dance battles. Oh, yeah, That's how I big Go Go was back then. You know, yeah, Go Go was the, the the thing. Like nothing you know, else mattered. Nobody but, wanted but, to rap. Once I started to like, oh, it's time, it's almost time for us to leave out of high school. I was like, I need to get some more coaches. So I started listening to some more hip hop. It was just as many Go Go bands. Everybody, it was a go, new Go Go band popping up every week back then. Like literally, that's how. Just like how there's a new rapper popping up every week, new go go every week. Mm-hmm. But I think what shifted our city was social media. Let's be honest. When social media really started booming, that's when hip hop kind of took over. You know what I'm saying? The main thing. You know, like in the. I ain't gonna say it's the main thing in the city because like go. It's still split in the city. Like it's all. It's going It's still split a little between hip hop and go go. But back then, go go had the crown. Yeah. Like they was packing out shows like stadium armies and stuff and also like they, that. They also started banning go go too. That's what yeah, because that's, that's yes. what really killed go go. Yeah, they stopped. It was too many fights and stuff happening. So once, once they yeah. started banning and shutting, but you gotta think about it. That happens down. at, at hip hop shows too, but they still do they it. Do, but that was more of a city agenda, I believe. It yeah, was more, it was more of an agenda on the DMV. So I think they that is because when it's a money thing. Like yeah. hip hop makes millions of dollars, so it's like even though the violence happens, it's making money. So like, let's just kind of like. And they, they come play. and go. When a hip hop artist come, they come to the city like once in a blue moon. Hip hop was here. Yeah. You know, it was but like, the, and I remember I told people, I was like, no, I've been partying since I was 12. Yeah. I was like, I went to high school. We used to have go go's every Saturday. They used to have at, at all ages. School. You could be All high. ages. That's what I'm saying. Go-go's, I've been partying. That was like, they had I, all ages at Ibiza. Ibiza was a 21, 18 to 21 over club, but then they do it. You ever go to Club age. Bounce? Yeah, I went to Club Bounce. <laughs> that's all how, that's that. what I got. That's the dope. That, like that's you the, from DC, yeah. you know what Club Bounce is. Club Bounce, down, down that's a teenage, plays. yeah. That's down a teenage God. style. Everybody was in that joint. Yeah, Club Bounce is crazy. So, and that's how you really know you're from the city. Yeah, Club Bounce. I remember But all that's the, also all when I realized I cannot dance to regular music. Because you know, I tell people, I'm like, no, when you go to Go-Go, you freaking. Yeah. Like, you go to Go-Go and like- Yeah, you either, be, chair, you, like, you either be your feet or you go- Or you freaking. You had two options. Like, and girls yeah. were not as, or oh, I'm going to stand against the corner. Yeah, no. Like, they was not like that. No, girls, like, you, ever, you know Snoop? Big twerk. She used to be a big, big uh, Go-Go girl back in the day. Um, if you don't know, you don't know her though. But- like they used to be crazy. So when I went to club bounce, mm-hmm. that's when I realized like, how you dance to regular music? Like I don't know how people be in the they yeah, in the club, yeah. like even just like freaking out. I, I can't do it to that beat. I don't know. I just yeah, can't do it. I understand. Yeah, that's how I be, but that was back in the day when like you go to the club and like everybody was dancing with each other. Like it wasn't no people just standing in this section, girls dancing on girls and stuff like that. Like, nah, you're gonna get you a dance. Like you that's how you know you had the riz back then. You could get you a couple dances. You know what couple, I'm saying? Exactly. It was a it was a yeah. formula to get in the dance. Yeah, bit. yeah. It was a formula. Yeah. So but so now we got we got so many new venues here. We got like mm-hmm. we got what the DC Star, we got Bliss. Uh, well, that's the Echo stage now. That joint ain't even DC. Yeah, DC uh, I, 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 it is Echo stage. I did take it back. You we got Echo back. stage. Echo stage. Um, we're in a new day and age of music. So how how is the scene today? 
I think the scene is kind of like, I mean, it is what it is. It's one of them things where I feel as though DC only support one sound. Let's think about it. Uh, all of the artists that's hot in the city, what type of sound do they have? Like, uh, like all, all, it's a, it's a course like that drill music or yeah, I was about to, say, I was about to, it's, to me it's, it's like a mix drill. of Atlanta and Chicago drill yeah. you know what I'm saying but it's still like a DMV flow because it's kind of offbeat the flow is different yeah, like the beat selection, little, little bounce, but it's like yeah. a little mix of it but I feel as though DC really only supports one sound you know like that's why most of the people that's hot in the city is people like No Savage I Am No Fees Fat Trail you know that's hot in the city but then you got people like YB and Corday Rico Nasty um uh, Ad you got Chaz French, yeah, Chaz French. They, I think that's more. Your, I think you're you're more relatable to those people. Yeah, I'm. I'm in that more in that ca category. Like, I would put you in that category with those. Yes, DMV artists. I'm more in that. For but real, to be yeah. honest, like me, person, this is my personal opinion. I feel as though DMV really didn't support them until they got big. Oh no, I don't know, definitely until they got big. I didn't even know why being called that until you got. Once big. they start seeing these people big and they with these other celebrities and stuff like that, now was like, oh yeah, they from here, they from here. But them coming from the ground up, I never really heard people listening to them on a regular basis. Like, I really never really heard people listening to them now. But you go in the hood or any place else to the club or whatever, you're going to hear Shy Glizzy. You're going to hear Fat Trail. You're mm -hmm. going to hear Light Show. You're going to hear um, No Savage and all of them. Like, that's because that's what the city supports, that type of sound. I just feel as though, like, DMV should diversify who they support because other cities do. I'm not even saying we got to copy off them because we, you know, but the same thing, like other cities support, it's, you go to Atlanta, the Chicago's and things like that. Everybody supports, it's a variety of artists that comes from those different places, not just one sound. So the major artists that come from here is mostly just one sound. So I just feel as though like, yeah, DMV just got to get behind something different, you know, like not even really different, just... All that violent shoot 'em up stuff is, I mean, I get it. We go through that. That's where we come from. That's the type of stuff we go through on a daily basis and we just sharing our experiences. I get it. But it's a lot of those, you know, just like people got tired of the auto-tune thing. Like everybody sound the same with the auto-tune thing. Everybody want to talk about all the guns and shoot 'em up, kill, kill stuff. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like the same thing. But what do you expect when all y'all support is that? Y'all don't support nothing else. So what you think these young guys gonna do? I know people who ain't never, ain't that, that's not them, but they talking about shoot them up, kill, kill, because that's what people support. That's what y'all gonna still go in there and comment and say, even if y'all don't support it, y'all gonna still say, oh, all y'all do, y'all gonna still comment under it, giving it light, you know, when they do these things. Every time you comment, if, if that's not what you like or that's not what you wanna support, mm -hmm. you, you just turn the other way and just don't even comment on it, don't like it, don't do nothing. But y'all still gotta speak on it. Controversy is still something that, you know, gives attention. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, man, I just feel as though it's not the artist's fault, it's the people, the consumer's fault. If people stop consuming that bullshit, then guess what? I guarantee you, you're gonna find a shift in music. So it's up to the people. It, like, it, it, if you ain't gonna make no money, I guarantee half these people gonna stop rapping because they're only doing it because they're getting money. And people don't really do it for the love of the money, to be honest. I mean, love of the, uh, the music itself. 
Like it's that's rare. You know, it's fun. I ask that question it's all rare. the time. I'm so I'm gonna ask you because mm-hmm. I ask that question all the time when I ask artists like, "Yeah, I'm struggling." I'm like, "Well, the real question of it is, why do you even start rapping? Like, what's yeah, the- like, would you do you do this for the money and the fame, or do you do this just because you love the music? Half of these people do it because it's lit. It's because if you love it for the music, you should just do it. It's a glamour and- thing. It's it's the Instagram thing. It's the facade, the lifestyle that people chase. Because that's why all these like people want to travel. All these people want to travel. Do the same thing that they see on Instagram. I mean, of course, people want to travel. But I'm just saying, once they see it on Instagram, they want to do that in real life. That's why all these women got their mindset changed. That's why all these men think it's about having sex with the most women, spending money on chains and and clothes, looking to flies and stuff like that, so you can get those likes on Instagram and people could boost you up. That's what they think it's about. So it's a facade thing, you know? So the rap thing, they glorified it. Look, you got this rapper, he getting women, he got all this money, all this jewelry, all these women fantasizing over him and stuff like that. Of course, if you see that, you a young guy from the hood, you gonna want that too, Mm -hmm. you know? But then there's some people, like me, it's not even about that. It's about, I really love music, bro. So so would you go broke? I've been doing this for eight years and I ain't got nothing. Jamal, I made like $500 in eight years from this. How much do you think you spent? Over 100000 I lost 100000 in five months. So that's just in one year. I know you don't spend You know, you you would witness this. I lost 100000 in five months. That's one year. And that's just in five months. It's not even a year. That's in five months. And I've been doing it for almost eight years. How many video shoots we done spent? Because if I, like, what was the struggles on? So you did what labels do for, for other people. That's one thing I will always say about you. You got a lot of rappers out here that don't know how to put their own shows on. No. But you went and put your own shows on. You got bigger artists than you. You did You did all that by yourself, you and your manager. Yeah. And you guys talked to the to the talented. So what was those processes like even dealing with those those artists at a higher level than you? Man, it's stressful, dog. Like, pray, man, that whole process, dealing with artists, man, and... It's stressful. I'm just telling you. So, like, you so like, I that- want this to get real. So, so I want you to speak your piece on that for like younger artists that's underneath you that want to learn how to do that and do that. What was that process like? I'm gonna just like, tell what you was, right like, now. What, what was what, like what was things that you learned not to do? Not to do. Got you. Let's start from the top. One thing about this when you throwing shows, the biggest thing is make sure you do your business properly. That's why I messed up at. This is my first couple shows. I never did this before. Mm-hmm. Nobody gave me the game. Nobody told me nothing. I just jumped in this stuff. I had a little paper. I was like, man, I'm, gonna throw, I'm tired of opening up for these artists and these promoters just doing whatever with me, putting me on at any time, just doing whatever. I'm going to throw my own show. I got the paper. I could do the same thing they doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get paid. And get other people to pay you to get yeah, on the show. Yep. And I'm, and I'm going to get paid. So that's my thought process in this. And that's why I jump in and do it because that's what I was already doing. So boom, let's fast forward. The biggest thing why I messed up at, I didn't... I wasn't like on my business on top of people. The first process was we had to find a venue. Okay. So find a venue some way. Like you don't want to go looking for an artist and you don't have no connections with no club owners or nothing because- So what, what show are you referring to? Is it both shows? So because I want people to be able to- Because I know we, we did the Kigok show, we did the Tory Lane show. Yeah, both yeah. of those shows, that content will be out soon. Yes, yes, definitely. So, like, so when people can go refer, they're like, oh, he was talking about this. Yeah. Well, so, so you want to be both of those the same type of way or- like like the venue, like picking out the venues and stuff like that. Like whatever. Kinda, say, or, or was it easier of, for you to talk about one, like one one of those shows, like that process? Nah, it was kind of like 
it kind of like ran into the, each other in a, in a in a sense. Like it was the same. Let's process. talk about the Tory Lane. So that was the biggest show that you did. Yeah. So yeah. let's talk about that process. Like so so getting that venue. That process was kind of weird because at the end of the day, like we booked the artist before we got the venue. Okay. That was kind of different than the Key Glock show. You know okay. what I'm saying? So that's how I was gonna get into the Key Glock show. I got the venue first, and then we decided which artist we wanted to do. Okay. And then in the process of that, we wanted to set up our next show. So the booking agent that we had at the time, we was like, you know, well, reach out to we we named a few artists, and Tori was one of those people and to get the prices for, you know, the show prices and stuff. And Tori was the one who reached back and we was able to get in contact with them. We had a contact to get to them. Cause that's the thing. If you don't have no connections, like I don't know nobody in the music industry. Everything mm -hmm. I've ever did is from the ground up. I literally had to like work my way into this. I don't got no my cousin, nobody. Like I just know people in the industry. Nah, I'm because I had some of my artists like, dang, he doing a show with Tori. Who who do he know? That's what I'm saying. It's like who do he I had know? Other artists nah, asking me that I had about to you. Go through a couple channels to get to that. So it's like a big high school type thing. You know what I'm saying? So, boom, the booking agent was able to get in contact with his people. And that's how we was able to set it up. So once we did that, we we locked them in. We said, we put a deposit down. It's like Monopoly. You got to put your, your pieces on the board, claim that property. Mm -hmm. And so once we hit him up and he said he had the price and I agreed with it, I was like, boom. I just said, mm. he go to deposit, however much he wanted. I gave him the bread. And then from there, now it's like, we got to find the venue now. That's how it happened with the Tory Lane show. Okay. But I didn't focus on my business. Like So, uh, so, so, so uh you mind sharing numbers? Yeah, we can share numbers. So, share so, numbers. so, so, so booking an artist, how much? How much how much so before you even got the venue, how much did you spend? Before you even getting the venue? Like getting the venue? How much did you drop on I the I mean, show well, the first thing, the first the, the first venue cost me five thousand. Uh that was Bliss? That was Bliss. Bliss okay. cost me five. The next venue was uh, the Whitman. Was it? Yeah, WEG. WEG. Yeah. That like fifteen. That's a Whitman Entertainment Group, right? Yeah, that's okay. like I think it was like fifteen, twenty thousand. It's in between there. Twenty G's just for the venue. I think so. Fifty okay. between fifteen and twenty. I know it was less than fifteen. I know you guys did tables. So did you guys? Did you guys get profit off the table or the door? We got, we got, we got the whole door, and then we got a piece of the tables. They give you a percentage with the bar. You break down like a percentage with the bar. And mm -hmm. that's the thing. You got to work on that too. You got to make sure you get a good deal with these venues. You can't just be out here just taking anything. Like, um, of course, when you're doing a venue, most of the time you get the door, but then you also got to work out a deal with the bar because you got to pay for those bottles. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But that's a whole different bar game because some people do business differently. Some people might charge you taxes on the bottle. Some people might make you pay for the actual prices of the bottles if they were selling to you in the club. Some people might give you wholesale price, you yeah, never know. Or some of my people just might give you a percentage of whatever they make profit-wise. Or oh, we the bar, once the bar reach a certain number, then you get a percentage mm -hmm. off of everything yeah. after that. You know what I'm saying? But you gotta do what's best for you. You gotta work your numbers. So that's why I say before you even go and get the artist, you gotta figure friend. all this stuff out to see to know how much you could possibly make and how much you you know. Because if you spending a hundred thousand dollars and you got a venue that only hold like a uh, let's just say a place like this that hold like a seven fifty to a thousand people, you gotta figure out all right, how boom. many people can you actually get the door? Yeah, how many? Recruit. How much money we can get out the door? How much you possibly think these people gonna drink? How many sections you gonna sell? So this is. That's the business that you gotta like really. All right. So the Toy Lane show, we got we got twenty k for the venue. Yes, sir. How, how how much for the artist? Seventy. Seventy for the artist. So we at we at ninety already. Yes. 
How much? And so you had the group. Everybody was on stage for that. Mm-hmm. Did you did you supply everybody outfits or did you? I paid for the outfits. Everybody outfits. How much? Was, for how much for wardrobe? Was, People forget war. Yeah, wardrobe. the vest. The vest. Like I said, all I did was supply them with vests. Everybody else kind of came in their own like outfits, outfits okay. and stuff like that. But the vest that was that was a small investment. So you said like twenty five five Gs. Cause even even for your own outfit, like your whole outfit, you wore an outfit that day. How much you spend on the outfit? Yeah, and like, nah, I was something slight. I don't really be doing too much. I ain't don't be getting all designers and stuff like that. I wear game. So we like we are like we still at, we are still like like twenty five. Yeah, then, like well, that's not the thing. It's the promotion. I said so. Uh, promotion. So you, gotta, you pay for ads. We ads, did pay for ads, right? Yeah, How much we, did we put down for ads? We put like a total of like five hundred to a thousand on ads. A thousand. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And then like not even like you got to pay for flyers. And That's y'all, y'all passed out flyers. Yeah, passed out flyers. Did you have a flyer promoting? Well, yeah, me and my whole, my me and my artists went out there and physically handed out the so flyers. So you didn't have to pay for a promo team for that. Kinda, because you do, yes, you do pay other promo teams, but they all they do is post. They don't hit the streets like that. I'm talking about y'all here in the streets. You didn't hit. You didn't pay for a street team. I didn't pay for a street That's team. We was the street team. But That's we, an option too, though. Right? You could. Yeah. I mean, well, I I don't know any people who do that, but I mean that could be. I a mean, good like business you go get some high school kids and say, hey, I give you like fifty dollars. That's a for good the business day. for stock because we don't really have that here. If I, I, I would have known it that, it really is. You know, yeah, because yeah. people don't have that like an actual team that will go out there. Yeah, and like because they they used to do that when I was in high school. Friendship, everybody after that's when the go go was big. All the go go people would be out there. Handing out go go flyers. Yeah, we so I was like, yeah, you can do that. Get some high school kids. Say, hey, out to school, I give you like fifty to hundred dollars. Yeah, Here go five hundred flyers. Passes out at your school. Then go walk down to the school down the street and go pass them out there. Right out to school, mm-hmm. pass them out. If you're doing an all ages or whatever, or you go right. to a college, you can do it at colleges too. Yeah, um, yeah. You pay like I paid mostly like promotional groups, like people who already like do their own parties. So how much did you pay promotional groups? And like no less than a thousand each one, and I try to get at least four. Okay. You know, from different demographics. All right, so we can just say Tory Lane show costs about 100K. Oh, about 100K. Yeah, Tory so costs about 100. For the whole entire uh, Key Glock costs about Because even like if you 50. add my stuff into it, because yeah. you paid me to uh, the shoot. Yeah, pay you, you the pay, shoot. You, pay, yeah. you paid the boys. I paid the security. I paid all my staff. I had people working the door. I had security guards, all of that. So all of that, like, Key Glock cost me about like 55 to 60K. Uh, Tory cost me like 100. All right, how much did you, so how much did you make at the door for the Tory Lane show? At the door for the Tory Lane show, I made pre-sale tickets and at the door and everything like that, just tickets sold. I think I made about like eight, nine thousand dollars. Nine thousand dollars. Like maybe like ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand dollars with people. You had you know remember how many people we had? That was when that I think it was like only five, like five hundred. Five hundred people. Like five hundred people. Nah, probably not even that, bro. That was a. Uh, it was three to five. Three to five. I could say three to five. Five max. And that's slicing it. Because be we honest. had half the way, we had you had half the venue filled. Yeah, half the venue filled. But for real, for real, in order for me to really make that money, that whole room was supposed to be filled, filled plus the other room. And because they were supposed to open up more if you had if more. I sold that many amount, but like I said, I didn't my business wasn't right. I didn't run no ads for that. I'm thinking this is bliss. This is one of the hottest clubs in the city. Yeah, right. We ran shows for the for Tory Lanez. Yeah, we ran ads for Tory. That's Kigok. why we had a different turnout for Tory. But as so, far on, so yeah, three hundred people at the Key Auction. Yeah, it was. It was. Oh, I was talking about. I was talking about Tory Lanez. Oh, Tory. Yeah, how many people? Because we had a lot of people at Tory Lanez. Tory was like fifteen hundred. Fifteen hundred. Yeah, I, like, I know it was a lot of people. At Tory yeah, Lanez. we got like fifteen hundred. Yeah, shout out to Privilege Group. Uh, <laughs> Privilege Group. Shout out to them. They invited the man. One of the hottest college promotion groups in the city, man. They brought him out. Then shout out to DJ Rob. He sold all my tables. Not all of them, but he sold he sold the tables. So about, speaking of tables, how much was made at the tables? 
tables I made. Now, like, now we at eighty. Now we at nine, yeah. at ninety thousand. We went from hundred k to no, to no. Nah, at the door for Tory Lanez, I made twelve thousand dollars. Made twelve thousand at the door. Yeah. How much at the Tory Lanez show? How much did you you, you made you made twelve thousand dollars at the door? Tory yeah, twelve thousand pre sale tickets, like twelve thousand five hundred, like around that. Yeah, is that pre sale at the door? So or all together. All together. 12,000 I counted together because like pre-sale and, they, and at the door. Even if I didn't sell it online, they would have to walk up and get those tickets. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so $12,000. Yeah, $12,000. Like how, how much from the bar? From the bar, I mean, I'm off the tables, I made like $9,000. Okay. But once you broke it, once I did the business and stuff like that and I got my percentage, I think I only got like $3,000, $4,000 off that. net profit was 4000 We say 35 We say thirty-five. Yeah. So twelve. So you made... I made twenty one because you made twenty one thousand from the yeah, show. Yeah, I made like twenty one because at the end of the day we had a situation to where as though I had to break off a little bit of bread that wasn't supposed to be broken off to somebody to take care of something. Okay, you know what I'm saying. So at the end of the day, that money would have been added in. I made like twenty one, twenty one from a hundred k show. All right, so that means you was still on the That's red down eighty k. Yep, uh, at seventy nine, we could just say eighty, and then for the key Glock joke. Uh, it cost me like 60. 60 for I sure. came out like I came out around like I think 19. 19, you made 19? I think I made like 19. So 40. So that's like 100K gone the last two years. Yeah, no, two I, years. That, that happened in five months. Five months, oh, because we did those shows in five, back yeah. to back, yeah, back to back. August, but it's two October. different years though, because one was uh, no, that was all one year, all twenty twenty one. Oh, so that August thirteenth and then October eighth. So down hundred k, hundred k in the red, and that in wasn't even including studio time to make those songs. That's not even including all and the, the music videos that we shot that year. Music videos we shot. That's not even including all the travel. So you can at least say close to one hundred sixty. If you want, you talking about from years or you talking about just that year. Oh, that year? That year. Well, year was that 2020? That was 2021. 2021? Yeah. When we did that. We uh, shot a few music videos that year. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. We shot like four, because we did Choco music videos, Dicky music videos. So I gave you like at least 10K that year. I gave you- Pay me a little, son. Yeah, it was at least like 10K that year. And then we had the um, the shows. So yeah, I lost like 150 that year, bro. 150. And that's in one year. That's what I'm saying. So you, if you really love it, I ain't even mad. I learned a lot of lessons. If you really love it, you're going to do it. And you know what I'm saying? You ain't going to be mad. So, Okay. Yeah. All right. So my next question is. Yes, sir. I like music because music really help us. Mm-hmm. I like music helps me motivate myself and keeps, keeps me in good spirits. You know, so it's like music for me. Like I just, so, you know, I, I didn't tell a lot of people, but you know, I just, I just got back. I did my, I did my time in the band. I just got back from jail. Oh my Beginning man. of the year. Free my man. I was, in jail. I was only in there for about a week. <laughs> but that week was hell. Yeah, I know. It was, it was hell. I knew. Um, they had me on suicide watch while I was in there. Because mm-hmm. um, I said the wrong things. See, I deal with depression and anxiety. I told her, I, I'm an honest person. I was like, in my head, I was like, they, they asked me, they, they said, do you, do you ever think about hurting yourself? I said, man, all the time I think about coming every so often. See, I was, man. I, I just said it like I was having a nice conversation. I'm gonna give y'all. <laughs> I, I just before you get into it, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give all the young men some some know advice. What you, know what you say before you go into jail. But when you go in them holding cells and stuff like that, so shut up. Just shut up. Just shut up. Answer yes and no. Because I'm trying to tell you, you going in there trying to play big with them folks, they're gonna do you dirty. 
I just had a cousin who just went in and he want to ask questions and stuff like that and be all technical and he got hogtied. Shut up. I mean, I thought that they would bring somebody there to coat me through the transition. No, they don't give a F about you. They don't That's care. That's what I assume. It could be your first day in there. They don't care. You know, because the judge originally told, said, because I went in for reckless driving, and that was really pissing me off. I was like, bro, I was, all I was doing was just driving my car. Mm -hmm. But the, the judge wanted to give me 90 days. Yeah. And so when he went in, that dude said 90 days, I blacked out. I was like, I can't do 90 days. That's three months, bro. I said, my business is going to go under. I was like, I got the studio. I'm going to hemorrhage money for two months. Yeah. I'm going to be like, by the time I get out, I'm going to be $6,000 in a hole. Right. You know, by the time yeah, I get out of jail. I said, y'all going to send me in to jail so I can be out, broke, destitute, where I can just be out here. I'd rather you just tax me. Yeah. Like, what, what, why sending me inside of that place was going to benefit anybody? Definitely wasn't. You know? We know I was like, because, you know, I've never been, I ain't never talked to police. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I don't deal with police. I went my whole 30 years of my life. From Southeast D.C., never having a problem with the police until I drove in VA for the first time, and they and they and they yeah, they pinned me up. down. You so, and up. but that culture is heavy in the DMV. Yeah, because like the first thing my brothers and my cousins said when I got out, they was like, "Damn, nigga, you just like us now." Oh my lord, <laughs> I'm a statistic now. Wow, <laughs> nah, that's how it is, and man. So, like, what's your sure experience growing up D.C. In the, in the law in jail? I mean, like I said, I only had like one running altercation with the law for real, for real. I've been, thank God, I've been blessed to be able to stay unscathed and I'm trying to stay, keep keep that going, knocking on wood. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I had a situation and it was a bad situation because like I said, their job is, it's a numbers game. They don't care about you. They allow you. They'll do whatever. So your best thing, that's why I tell people, don't go in there talking too much, saying too much. But for my situation, uh, I got pulled over for technically that when I asked them on the scene why I got pulled over, uh, I mean, yeah, why I got pulled over, they said because I had a border around my tag. Okay. But it was a border from the dealership. Like, was, it a, was it a new car? Huh? Was it a new car? Yeah. It was a Hyundai border around the, the, the tag. That's why he said I got pulled over. He said license and registration. My registration is in my gov compartment. This is two days after my birthday. I had just came from the gun range. I had a box oh. of bullets in the glove compartment, but they wasn't in the magazine or nothing. They was in a fresh box of bullets. Like, you know, when you go to the government. Is that illegal though? Huh? They, they, they said it was legal. There's nothing have it wrong the with that. There's nothing wrong with that. I like I'm allowed to I ain't had no charges, nothing. It was a fresh box of bullets, no magazine, no gun, nowhere in sight. Nowhere. It was just a fresh box of bullets in there. I opened, and it was rifle bullets at that. It wasn't like no little like that. nine millimeter bullets. This was like five, five, sixes. You know what I'm saying? So it's only like 10 bullets in the box. Okay. So he seen it and he was like, he freaked out. Uh, excuse me, sir. Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. So hold on right quick. We're going to need you to step out the car. And I'm like, for what? Because you got bullets in the car. Okay, it's in a box. It's not in the magazine. I don't care. Step out of the car. I ain't going to argue with them folks. Mm -hmm. I let them do what they go do. That's what you need to do. Shut up. Let them do what they going to do. You ain't no point of fighting them. Let them make their own mistakes because that's what they do. They bite themselves in the, in the ass. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? As long, so as, as long as you the cooperate. Best, as long as you cooperate. I'm not going to fight them folks. They got the upper hand right now. You know what I'm saying? That's what people need to stop talking. Stop trying to argue with them people, man. Like Just be calm in those situations. That's exactly what I did. I got out of the car. The only mistake I did, I didn't record what happened because they didn't have body cams in PG in 2018 mm -hmm. during that time in Hinesville. Uh, 
But all I'm saying is, it, the only mistake I made, I didn't record. If I would have recorded it, that what happened in that altercation, I would have beat that case. Because at the end of the day, they searched my car, and in my trunk, I had weed. So yes, they did find the weed, but they supposedly were searching my car for the bullets, and they was looking for a gun. They was not searching for weed at all. Did they even ask you if you had one? Huh? Did they ask you if you had a firearm? Yeah, they asked me not a firearm. I told and them you no. I said, those are rifle bullets. There anything, you should be looking for a rifle case. That will not fit no handgun. I don't have anything in this car. But even then, that's not a reason to search somebody's car just because you got a box of, like, they sell it at the Walmart. You know, like, bullets. Mm -hmm. That's not, and now if it's in a magazine, loaded in the magazine, okay, cool. But if it's just a box of bullets, I've looked it up, and that's not a probable cause to search somebody's did you go to, So, did you go to court with a lawyer? Yes, I did. And the lawyer recommended me to cop to the plea because he basically said that within a few years, the laws is going to change. You can get an appeal? And I can get, well, I can get it overturned being as though the law is going to change based off the amount that I had. So he said, there's no point of going to court trying to uh, fight it. Told me I was going to lose and all this other stuff like that. And like I said, when you go do that, watch your lawyers you get, man, mm -hmm. because- my lawyer was all buddy buddy with the prosecution. I ain't like that. I don't. Like if you all buddy with, it, you should be able to get me off. Like if not, nah, but buddy buddy with the prosecution is a bad thing. You want the prosecution to hate your your mm. lawyer because that mean you that mean he getting everybody off and he messing I mean, their numbers I, I up. I look at it. I look at it like they should be in each other's pocket. If anything, like if I see if they buddy buddy, buddy, buddy like, that mean that they working out deals. And the deal better be in my favor. The deal was I got uh, Did you eighteen just, months of probation. No Did jail you, time. You, no jail time? Okay, no jail time? Yeah. I only spent a night in jail. One night? Okay. Yeah. I only spent one night in jail. Oh, so I've been in jail longer than you? You've been in jail longer than me. Oh, shit. I'm, I'm really a nigga now. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> yeah, I only did one night. I caught to it. I ain't want to fight it because at the end of the day, like I said, I need to be out here. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I make my money. I got to be out here. Bro, I was in there for, I did six days. Uh, so so they so right now it says I got lucky because it's COVID. Yeah. I don't know how my case would have went, but I know because of COVID, the judge gave me 90 days, but then the courthouse went in down to 10 days. And I don't, they said I only had to do half. So I did six days. And I was just, I'm a thinker. I think all the time. I'm sitting here with you right now, and I'm still thinking about five other clients I got to work with at the same exact time. Oh, best believe I got to go make some moves right after, right after leave, Yeah, you know, so. Right after we leave this podcast. So being in a room by myself for more than 72 hours. Mind racing. My mind was racing, bro. And I like I, I was on suicide watch for the first three days. Mm -hmm. So they basically had me in a room, butterball naked and like 20 degree weather with the lights on 24-7. Yeah, and it was like, I was like, I'm going crazy just being in this room. Yeah. And after a while, I only thing that kept me through it was music. Like I was legit like singing raw wave songs. Oh, that man was in there on his uh <laughs> I was in there singing singing raw wave. I didn't hey, I couldn't even yeah. uh, after a while I couldn't remember Banging all the walls. Bro. So music music kept me alive. I kept singing uh like keep going, keep going. Yeah, you need that. You gotta have something, man. Like and so I, that's why that's why I listen to music and like keep going the greatest the greatest overall it was that's my guy mm. all I had those I had those songs on repeat just singing it loud as shit in 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 the in the pod yeah. so so what's three songs for you that stuck in your head like all the time <sighs> I don't know it depends on the time because I be going through different situations you know what I'm saying like I had my ride wave time 
You know what I'm saying? Like I had my railway time, but that's when I was going through a little situation. He was hoping you heal. Yeah, he was helping me. He was hoping you heal. Yeah, a little bit. But then now, like just on my regular day to day thing, like most of the time I just listen. I try to listen to mostly my music. I don't mean to sound all cliche and stuff like that, but I listen. So you listen to your own music? Yeah, I listen to my own music, so I don't get too much. Like you start listening to other people's music a lot as an artist, and you just start to get a little inspirational, inspiration, and then. Somehow, if you listen to other people sometimes too much, like you start to sound like them a little bit. I ain't gonna okay. say you sound like. Them, I, I you, get that because I don't like watching other people movies a lot, especially people that's on the same lane lane as me. Yeah, because I don't want to be influenced. Yeah, by them. yeah, yeah. You want to have your own creative mind. So I mostly just listen to my own music, basically. Okay, well, top three songs from from Snaky Baby. Oh uh, well, right now uh, I've been listening. To, uh, don't take this wrong. Uh, freaky shit. That's okay. something that's coming out uh, this year, you okay, know. Twenty twenty three. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Then I got this other song called "Comfortable." Okay. You know, and and I've been listening to uh, so all new stuff. So I can't even play it for you guys. So yeah, y'all, gonna, yeah. y'all gonna have to watch. Y'all gonna have to go yeah, check them out. Twenty twenty three. I'm dropping those two. Those coming out this year. And I've been messing with uh, uh, Young Mo. He got this joint called uh, "Perfect." It may be old. I think it's old, but that joint crank. Okay. Young Mo. He yeah, he from the DMV, artist from the DMV, but he got the song called Perfect. I like that joke. You okay. know what I'm saying? But All yeah. Right. Well, we got we gotta wrap it up real soon. So really quick, just yes, sir. give me one mistake that 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 you had in your life that you learned from. And it was like the biggest the biggest mistake that you think you done made in your life, but you learned a really valuable life lesson from it. Uh it's kind of a cluster of like a lot of things. It's kind of like Cause I don't do this, like I don't cross my T's and dot my eyes, if you know what I mean. And what I mean by that is like really diving into business, like everything, everything that I gotta do, I gotta be on top of. Mm-hmm. Some things I kind of turn a blind eye to cause I don't feel like doing it. I'm just being honest. That's procrastination. Like certain things I start getting to and I get tired of and I stop doing it. So it's kind of like a cluster of things that I've been doing like my whole life, to be honest. Like that's a big mistake throughout my whole life. Not crossing my T's, I'm crossing T's and dying eyes, paying attention to every single detail. Don't let nothing cross, don't let nothing go under the rug. Pay attention to every last detail. That's the biggest mistake I've been making. That's probably why I haven't like really prepared to where I really want to be. But that's what I'm working on. So once I cross my T's, cross the T's, dot the I's, and you know, really, you know, hone my crap. I promise, I'm gonna be gone, man. Right. I won't do that no more. All right. Well, I think we weren't really detailed in this. Then we're gonna call it a wrap for today. We definitely gonna have to have you back. We're going to have you on the round on the round table for the Let's Get Real podcast. Okay, but so I want you guys to check out Snady Baby. Where can they find you at? Man, you can find me at the real underscore Snady B. Yes, sir. D A R E A L underscore S N A T I E B. The real Snady B. I spelled I'm, that right, right? I'm gonna I'm I'm have it on. They, they, the I'm real put Snady a, B. He gonna put it across I'm, the screen. I'm gonna put it across the screen. Yes, sir. You All right, so yeah, right make there. sure you guys like and subscribe wherever platform yeah, you guys are watching this on. Follow page. us, follow yeah. Snady Baby, go to listen to his music. Really go on E-M-T. YouTube and go check out our, our music videos. Any music video you've seen from him is, is more than likely 90% of the time will be shot by me. And uh, 95. Bro, let's go ahead and cheers it up. Cheers, man. I appreciate you. You're the first episode. Let's get ready. I ain't even say nothing to get me canceled. I like that. All right. Maybe next time. Mm-hmm. When you're playing that record, what were you thinking? What?